Apparently my intros are getting worse by the week, so as promised, over to you, Ben. Take it away. All right. Uh, thanks, Glenn. Well, this uh, welcome to uh, Good Movie Monday, the home of the nerdy cinematic ramblings. <laughs> I am your host, Ben Helwig, and across from me is the uh, dinosaur king himself, Mr. Glenn Cochran. How's it going, Glenn? <laughs> I'm going well. Thanks, Ben. That's great. <laughs> so this week... Uh, <laughs> This week, I think I think the theme of the show is uh, dinosaurs because you uh, managed to snag yourself an interview with one of the stars of one of the new the Jurassic World, was it Jurassic World Dominion? That's it. Uh, which I still haven't seen. Yes. So just as well you snagged that interview and not me because that would have been very <laughs> awkward. Yeah. Uh, what was who? What's what's uh, what's her name? <laughs> Dewanda Wise. Dewanda Wise, right? What else has she been in? She was uh, the lead actress in the Spike Lee um, TV series. She's got to have it. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> you done? Well, you keep laughing at me. I'm, I'm doing the intro. <laughs> I'm laughing I'm not... because of how your, your demeanor like, changed like that. Yeah. Well, you know, you threw me in the deep end and I'm swimming as fast as I can. <laughs> well, uh, I, don't, I don't really have to do anything now. You've, no. you've covered it all. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, we're joined as every week by uh, Guillermo <laughs> Troncoso from Screen Realm. Or is he still on holiday? He's still on holiday. He's still on holiday. Yeah. So you didn't give me the notes. No. Uh, Jarrett Garn from Monster Fest and Monster Pictures. Yep. Uh, the bo- those wacky Kentuckians from the Bonehead <laughs> Weekly podcast will be joining us uh, with their uh, with their views. And, uh, oh, I, I can't, can't, can't uh, forget, uh, not our sponsor, but our uh, <laughs> podcast uh you got, uh, you, helpers, Newsly. You got to do this justice, mate. Go yeah, for it. I can't, uh, <laughs> I can't. Like, hey, why don't you get the Newsly app, everybody? Whack, whack it on your phone. It's the preferred way to listen to us. That's right. That's that's what I meant. <laughs> See, like what people don't know, and they probably, I mean, they probably do, yeah. is that you have all these. You've actually prepared, yeah, and you've written down all these notes, so you've got it all in front of you. And it's the same from week to week. So you know all this. I, I never do it. I don't have any notes. I'm just playing it by <laughs> by memory. And as I think this show, if the one thing that <laughs> listeners have come away from this show understanding is that type 2 diabetes <laughs> and dementia are very closely linked and uh, my memory ain't what it used to be. <laughs> so I think, I think they should be pretty impressed by that intro. I'm very impressed. The only problem is uh, we've got to do just a few more seconds on Newsly because we're required to do so many seconds in a, in a bracket. Oh, is that, is that how it works, <laughs> yeah. is it? It's a free app, everybody. It's a super app. Um, they have a premium service too. Even though the service is free in general, if you want to upgrade, you can get it for free for a month if you use our code. It's Monday without the O, M-N-D-A-Y. We've never done this before. Oh, I do it every week. You just don't listen to the show because it's an insert. Ah, uh, you do it as an insert. So why aren't you doing it as an insert this week? Well, because I'm shaking things up. I do it differently every week. It's not the same insert. If you listen to a show, you'd know this. No, why would I? <laughs> I'm, I'm on the show. Why would I listen to it? <laughs> I, like that, I like that before the show, my excuse was I only listen to things that I'm on. <laughs> no, but now that I'm on it, no. Nah. Well, as Ben did say in the introduction there, the theme of this week's show is dino movies. So now you're just doing an intro no, again. No, no, I'm about to ask you a question. Do you like dino movies, mate? No. 
<laughs> well, this was a no, fucking, this was a very hard <laughs> episode to plan for, I think, because I struggled to find a dinosaur movie that's not Jurassic Park that I really, really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think I did okay. So we'll see. <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> Let me just scroll through my notes here so we can bypass all the stuff you've already mentioned. <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh, you've done notes for my intro? I thought you just, uh, I thought you deliberately left that stuff I blank. have a question for you, though. Okay. How many installments do you think are in the Land Before Time series? Aren't there like nine? Hmm. Are there? Well, you, you asked, you answered my question with a question. With a question, yeah. <laughs> As of 2016, there's 14 movies and a TV 14. series. 14. I remember, I remember uh, for the ho- in, on school holidays in primary school, my parents used to ship me off to the uh, Oakley summer program at the HJ Hocking Center. Straight out or, of Oakley, mate. Straight out of Oakley. Or it used to be, it actually used to be at the Masonic Hall right next to the library, which I like better because I could just piss off and go to the library. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but one year on that holiday program, they took us to the, we, they took us to the movies one time during that two week program or whatever it was. And they gave us a choice of land before time, (laughs) I think at Turner and Hooch. Ooh. What do you do? It was a tough one. Yeah. I think I went to see land before time too. Well, I mean, yes, it's a, it's a great movie. Like, I just want to talk about it for a second, just so the fact that we can squeeze it into our letterbox, all right? <laughs> I love I'll, this movie. So I'll be the judge of that. I mean, what a, it's a trifecta. You've got Don Bluth as a director. You've got Steven Spielberg and George Lucas both attached to it. I, I thought we were talking about uh, Land Before Time, not uh, Fifle Goes West. <laughs> no, they had nothing to do with that. Spielberg was the only one attached to that. Right. Don Bluth dropped out. No George Lucas. Did he, of, of the sequel or the original? Sequel. Yeah, because the first one is the first one is um, just an American Tale. Five will goes west. Yeah. Part two is the second one. I just couldn't remember the American Tale, but that's ah. yeah. But that that is Don Bluth though. The first yeah, one. Yeah, the first one definitely is. And is Spielberg and mm-hmm. it's, they only made two films together, and then they had a bit of a creative difference of opinion uh, with a third film, and so they just went separate ways. Yeah, right. And Don keep churning them out though. He's a great filmmaker. I'd love to do a whole episode on Don Bluth. Don Bluth would be great. Yep, damn straight. So I think we've um we've maxed out the thirty second mark there. We can get that into Letterboxd. <laughs> For the two people that check out that list. Yes. No, we actually got one. I remember one time <laughs> we actually got a comment. <laughs> we got a comment on one of the lists. Wow. That because uh, never cease. I think it was, I, th- I think it was, there was some kind of, um, what's the word? Uh, the theme of the show was on, maybe maybe it was like, I can't remember if it was 20, the 20s, you know, movies from the 20s. Or it was something like that. There yeah. was a, and one of the movies was outside of that. Uh-huh. And their comment was, hey, this isn't a, you know. Well. Like, uh, yeah, no, we know. I can't remember. I think I. <laughs> Not only do we know, we acknowledged it on the show, yeah. though, no doubt. Yeah. yeah, we totally did. <laughs> well, there you go. So um, I'm about to hand it over to Jarrett because, you know, ordinarily I'd be exhausted by this point in time. And this is where we'd hand it over. But you've done all the work for me, so I've just done it all. I, yeah. Is this usually the part where we where you hand it over to uh, Guillermo? No, but because he's not on the show, no, Jared he comes later. Yeah. Jared always comes first. Yeah, you're um you're down with the program. <laughs> I pay attention when I'm not talking. <laughs> I listen to the show afterwards. I pay attention to all your segments. Uh, just the uh, the little bit of little bit of obligatory um, pitch and uh, and sell. Uh, go find us on social media, please. We have lots of pages. Engage with us. You know, drop us comments and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Facebook is the place to go. 
uh, mostly. But just check out our website, goodmoviemonday.com. We've got giveaways and stuff like that up for grabs as well. But, um, yep, time for another coffee, mate. So I'm going to throw it over to Jarrett and then we can talk about other stuff. Hey, this is Jarrett and welcome to PE Class. Now, there's a ton of releases coming out this week on home entertainment. So many so that I'll try and list as many as possible but I ain't gonna break down the special features. I'll just let you know the titles and the formats they're coming out on. Imprint are releasing Film Noir Collection number three, the third in their Film Noir Collection series. And it features four titles being The Strange Love of Martha Ivers from 1946, No Man of Her Own from 1950, The Turning Point from 1952, and finally the original The Desperate Hours from 1955. Imprint are also releasing On the Beach Stanley Kramer's classic on Blu-ray. And the best part about this is it's a limited edition collector's edition that features a full-length feature documentary titled Fallout, a fascinating documentary directed by an Australian filmmaker, Lawrence Johnson. Now, I actually did one of the special features on this release too. It's a featurette with director Lawrence Johnson called After the Fallout, an interview featurette. Then also from Imprint, Secret of the Incas, The World of Susie Wong, The Scarlet Hour, they're all coming out on Blu-ray as well. Then this week, Roadshow are releasing Men, and they're putting it out on DVD and Blu-ray, which is good news. Not just doing the DVD route, but doing Blu-ray also. Then Universal Sony have arguably the biggest release of the week, Jurassic World Dominion. On all the formats, 4K, Ultra HD, Blu-ray and DVD, I've yet to see this one. I do want to see it. I'm hesitant to buy it. Maybe I'll just wait for it to go on promo. I kind of need it to complete the Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World collection. But again, I haven't heard many great things about this movie at all, and I believe there's an extended edition of the movie on this that runs at something like two and a half hours. That sounds like way too much Jurassic Park for my liking. Then also out from Universal Sony from the Studio Canal catalogue, Red Sonja with Bridget Nielsen and Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's a 4K restoration, so it's coming out on 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray and DVD. And the final release for this week is The Restalk, the Australian creature feature come psychological thriller. And it's coming out on Blu-ray and DVD. Anyway, that's it for me for this week. So until next time, stay physical. Muchos gracias to Jared. Uh, that's a nifty little update. And um, yeah, let us know what you're buying this week. And drop us a comment on Facebook. I'm keen to hear what people think of the extended cut of Jurassic World Dominion. Um, Maybe after this episode, once we've got the interview out of the way, we can have a conversation about what everyone thought. Is it worth? I haven't seen. I haven't seen Jurassic Park Dominion. World. So I haven't seen the. Uh, sorry. Jurassic World Dominion. Jurassic World. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't want to make that that mistake in a professional space. Let me tell you. Yeah. That's <laughs> why <laughs> so I'm. I'm really professional. Uh, is it worthwhile? Should I watch the extended version? Or, or should I watch the regular version first and then the extended? Or should I just skip the regular version and just watch the extended version? I'm of the opinion, watch the theatrical version. All right. Um, mind you, see... Because the a, theatrical version goes for three hours, doesn't it? Or two and a half, as Yeah, it, as it's it close to... No, the theatrical is about two and a half, and then the extended cut pushes it towards three. Three. I find it very perplexing because there's some things in the extended cut, if I'm being perfectly honest, that I'm not a fan of, but then there's some additions in there that I'm like, I'm really glad that's in there kind of wish that had been in the theatrical cut. So right. it's sort of a, I guess you've got to watch one, then watch the other and just decide what your preferred cut is. Yeah. Well, I'll do that. It'd be the kingdom of heaven kind of <laughs> job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
for me. Yep. Well, we can talk about Jurassic World in a little bit. Um, what I want to know right now, Ben, uh, just moving away from movies for a minute. Like, this is uh, interesting. What do you think of the TV show Dinosaurs? I tell you what, I never actually watched the TV show Dinosaurs. I remember them playing the ads like crazy. But if I remember correctly, and that's a that's a 50-50, it was up against, I think that was on Channel 7, mm-hmm. and on Channel 9 there was The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Parker Lewis Can't Lose, <laughs> and I was I was like, I want to watch Dinosaurs, but Parker Lewis Can't Lose is my favourite show of all time, and Fresh Prince is like my second favourite show of all time at that point in my yep, life. Yep. Well, it's on Disney Plus, uh, so you can catch up with I it. I can catch up, It yeah. is a wonderful show. I just got to put it out there. Like it really is. It's like the Flintstones with puppets. With puppets, yeah. Um, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was one of the final things Jim Henson worked on before he passed away. But um, yeah, right. I was just keen to know what you thought of that because uh, I reckon it's a bloody ripper. Yeah, yeah. No, look, because of that conflict. Remember, <laughs> remember back in those days when you, there, if you missed, like if you were watching something oh, on yeah. another channel, that was it. Yep. Parker Lewis was a great one. I love that show. Um. Do you remember they did a short-lived Ferris Bueller TV show? Yeah, which I've heard that they're bringing back. They are. So, yes, Chloe and I talked about this last week on Up Late. So, they're doing a spin-off, which is about the two guys that work at the garage that take a joyride. (laughs) And it's going to be their adventure on that joyride. On that joyride. Yeah, so Chloe and I were talking about how it sounds like it, it has the potential to be like a new Harold and Kumar. Yeah. But just set in that universe on that day. I don't know. I reckon I'm up for that. That'd be quite good. I have a feeling... That the one of the guys that take the car is the Rat Man from uh, the Stand. Oh, could be. Um, I wish I could pull his name out of thin air. I know the one you're talking about. The one that <laughs> when Ferris says to him, "Do you speak English?" and he goes, "What country do you think this it is?" is. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favourite lines in that movie. Gonna, I Cracks me up. up. All right, you do that. I'll do it later. Okay. <laughs> Only because... Uh, so not for the benefit of our listeners that are hanging on tenderhooks right now? Yeah. No. Because <laughs> no. <laughs> it'll, be like, it'll be like that time that I, I, I bet like friends of mine 50 bucks that, uh, that was it Frank Oz was the guy in Star Wars, you know, <laughs> who's in the bar in New Hope. who's like, I'm not a fan of you either. Like, yes, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't like you. I don't like you either. And I was like, that's Frank Oz. I'm like, no, it's not. And I was like, yeah, it is. 100% it is. <laughs> yep. It is not. <laughs> hey, I'm pretty good on the edits. If you want to look it up, I can just stitch it together. Nope, I'm wrong. <laughs> He's in a lot of movies, but the stand, the stand ain't one of them. <laughs> so uh, glad, glad we clarified that. Yeah. All right, let's um, fifty bucks, Frank Oz. <laughs> let's move on to some recommendations. Um, yeah, I couldn't conjure up much this week. It was very slim pickings for me because it, other than your Jurassic Parks and your Godzillas, which Godzilla's not really a dinosaur in the Land Before Time series, the rest is sort of those shitty Asylum-style bargain bin dinosaur movies. Did you fare very well with this one? Oh, look, there were. Look, there's always there's always a few movies that you can do. Like I, I was thinking about going back to you know, maybe something like the Giant Gila Monster, yeah. which I really which I really liked, uh, or. Um, Valley of the Gwangi, the Ray Harryhausen Cowboys vs. Dinosaurs. Sure. Or, um, you know, something like that. But I, in the end, I kind of ran out of time. And besides, you know me, I like to go <laughs> I like to go weird. Well, why don't you tell us what your first one is? How weird well, did you look, go? Look, I mean, this is the one where I clearly ran out of time. So I had to, <laughs> I had to, I had to choose one that I, that I have seen before. 
I didn't get to rewatch it this week. Okay. I have seen it before. We played it at Monster Fest when Vinegar Syndrome did their, their restoration. It is, of course, 1994's Tammy and the T-Rex. Which most people would consider weird. Your average moviegoer that's not a cinematic nerd yeah. would think that's pretty weird. Yeah. And they probably would have seen it if they had seen it. The original release was like a... They released it as a family film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because the producers kind of got cold feet. Because it was always meant to be like an R-rated kind of comedy. And when you hear the plot, yeah. you'll understand why. So basically, it's 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 got a great cast. It's very early appearances by um, Paul Walker and uh, Denise Richards. And basically, Denise Richards uh, is a cheerleader in high school. She's got herself a new boyfriend, played by Paul Walker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but her jealous ex-boyfriend is like a hood who um, doesn't like the idea that uh, Paul Walker is uh, taking, you know, taking over in uh, Denise Richards' bed. So he tosses him into the, into the lion cage at the zoo, which is, I guess, is what you do, I guess. Of course. That's, uh, you know, that takes care of the problem. Uh, but what he doesn't know is that at the zoo, Terry Kaiser, a.k.a. Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's, <laughs> yeah. is uh, working on um, this giant mechanical dinosaur that all he needs to do is implant a brain so that the dinosaur can live forever. <laughs> and when he stumbles across the body of Paul Walker in the in the uh, lion enclosure, well, he grabs that baby and he sticks Paul Walker's <laughs> brain into the robot dinosaur, which, you know, then makes Paul Walker, he he's still Paul Walker. <laughs> so he, as far as he's concerned, so he gets revenge on the bullies. He's, I think he still manages to have sex with Denise Richards in the dinosaur body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, you know, he takes care of Terry Kaiser and stuff. It's a great, it's great. Um, <laughs> it's super weird, super weird, super great. Glad you picked it. And it made me think the second you said it, I automatically thought, why did I ignore Pterodactyl Woman from Beverly Hills? Yeah. I could have done that. <laughs> and I think there's a Jim Wynorski one too that I. There uh, certainly is. It was Raptor. Raptor. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But he also did like things like. Because I thought, when I was thinking about this topic, I was like, well, that actually opens it up to crocodile and alligator movies because they're all... prehistoric. They're prehistoric kind of throwbacks. Yep. And then things like giant, like Gila, like I said, the Gila monster. Yeah. Jim Wynorski has done a great film called um, Komodo, (laughs) about Komodo, the Komodo dragons. Well, you'll find out soon, like, despite the title of one of mine, it's not actually a dinosaur. So we'll um, we'll get to that in a minute. So... My mind went into all kinds of places with this, and I dipped my toes into a few films in preparation and then realized, nah, I'll start again because <laughs> I'm certainly not going to talk about Baby Secret Lost Legend because it turns out that shit, I thought it was good when I was a kid. Um, I was really excited to cover Where Back a Dinosaur Story, another Spielberg animated film. Not as good as I remember. And then there's the Carnivore series, which admittedly, they're a lot of fun, but... I just wasn't in the mood. What did, did you watch all the Ice Age movies? Oh, they're not really dinosaurs, are they? It's... Well, there's dinosaurs in there. But um, none of the main characters are really dinosaurs, no. are they? When you get to, like, I think, part four, I think that's when the, the dinosaurs come into in. it. Um, but... I mean, one's a woolly mammoth. Is a woolly mammoth a dinosaur? Well, well for the sake of the show, we can say so. It's yeah. not. It's not. Like, I don't think they exist It's like, the I guess it's a period. mammal. It's not a reptile. Yeah. That's the thing. I think that was a different yeah, age. Right. A different period. Yep. Yeah, you know, right. how smart are we, you know, just have to... I like that you said we then, when, when I'm the one asking you the questions, because obviously I'd have no idea. <laughs> Neither do I. 
Haley and Tolly. If only we had Ross from Friends on the show. <laughs> but the uh, the Carnivore series, just on that quickly, Raptor, the Jiminowski one, is a spin-off from that. Yeah, right. So there were two spin-offs and that was one of them. Um, anyway. But what I did land on was a movie that I saw years ago. It was released in 2012 called The Dinosaur Project. Have you heard of this one? Never heard of it. It is a story set in the Congo and it's um, about an expedition uh, looking for a mythical monster that's been sighted in the jungle by tribes and things like that and it turns out um, and it's a found footage film by the way like it's, oh. it's sort of it's it's um, Blair dinosaurs Witch. and found footage yeah. win win it's Blair Witch dinosaur mode <laughs> so but when they get into the Congo they realise the they find that... the dinosaur standing in a corner <laughs> <laughs> it's taking a leak <laughs> But if, essentially, when they get into the, the, the center of the jungle, they are terrorized by a whole lot of prehistoric creatures. Like, it is a, a, oh. a jungle-topia. Let's call it a dino-topia, even. I was going to say... Thank you. Yeah. That, that's, that is the, the text message you sent me in the midweek. You know, you can, like... Because usually, like, TV is a no-go. Yeah. Like, it's good movie Monday. Yeah. It's not good TV Monday. Yeah. And yet you're like, well, uh, I guess Donatopia could count, and I didn't. I didn't suspect a thing. I didn't realize it was going to be a. Re- you're going to make a pun about it. Well, I didn't know I was going to make a pun about it until right then. <laughs> until then it's, it's certainly not something. It's I not. It's planned. not scripted it in your. Certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this movie completely surprised me. Um, it's only PG rated in Australian terms, and yet it's intense. It's fairly violent. I think that it's. Um, well crafted in terms of the special effects. I think also when you found footage, you can hide a lot of the CG with the found footage, shaky camera, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But for what it is and in its context, it's all really effective and um, moves at a million miles an hour. So uh, the director is a guy that um, that I think he's the creator of the Nazi mega stru- structures TV yeah, show, right? Yeah. And he also directed the TV series Prehistoric Park. I don't know if you saw that one. Isn't that isn't that mega like, structures the whole point of that? What's the name movie that we saw last year? What was that? Um, not Wolfgang Peterson. Who's that guy that does all the big disaster movies like Day After Tomorrow? And... Oh, the, like the the um, Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich, and yeah. he did that one with uh, the moon. Yeah, the one with the, where the moon crashes into the earth or whatever <laughs> it is, and, and like the moon is actually a mega structure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. <laughs> That's a, that's a, Built by the Nazis, like yeah, that's the crossover. Righty, there's an awkward tangent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he also directed a mockumentary called Mermaids: The Body Found, which I'm really keen to see. Knowing how much I enjoy Dinosaur Project, imagine a mermaid version of that. That'd be great. Yes. So anyway, Studio Canal put this one out on Blu-ray a few years ago. I do recommend you look for it. I think you can find it on all the streaming platforms. Maybe to rent. I don't know if it's mm. there for you know, on your on your. Netflix or Stan or whatever, but well worth a look, Dinosaur Project. I've got nothing more to say. I was going to say, like, you you kind of mentioned that Deep in the Jungle part, and it actually just made me think of all of the great dinosaur movies that we could have talked about, <laughs> which are all those Will Ferrell, Vin Diesel, not Vin Diesel, um, The Rock, Journey to the Center of the Earth, they, all those, they all those ones which are actually great, like they, the yeah. original with James Mason and all of those, the latter comedies. These were on my consideration list. The only reason I never stuck with them is because at a certain point leading into this episode, I wanted to stick with the dinosaur thing. And it wasn't until yeah. it was too late that I realized like, oh, there's not that many great just actual dinosaur movies. Well, they're dinosaur movies, aren't they? There's Did, dinosaurs in them. Yeah, well, I mean, yes, but you know what I'm saying? But they're like, not like... They're a, not yeah. like yeah. 
They're, they're not, not Jurassic the Park thrust. friendly. And um, yeah. what was the other one I was thinking of? I like that when you look it up on the internet, when you type in dinosaur movies, like yeah. all the King Kong movies appear. I know. As if King Kong's a dinosaur. Yeah. Like he's a, he's not a reptile. No, I think it's because he crosses over with Godzilla, with Godzilla. and Godzilla's not even a dinosaur. I mean, well, actually, look, I tell a lie <laughs> because in the Peter Jackson King Kong, he fights Tyrannosaurus Rexes. That is true. He fights the dinosaurs. They're all on that island. Well, I wouldn't have chosen that one because I don't like it. Yeah. Okay. I could take I could I could leave the beginning of it. Well, but like, once they get on the island, I didn't mind it too much. It's the whole it's the whole problem, like, you know, he he turned the Hobbit from a very small book into a three part bloody marathon of movies and same with King Kong. It's like a short 80, 80 minute movie and he turns it into some kind of three hour epic. Yeah. No, I don't I didn't appreciate that. Yeah, I mean I, I just could have done without uh Naomi Watts yeah. doing that weird need like vaudeville dancing. Hey, I'll still take King Kong on top of the World Trade Center any day. Yeah. Much better. See the curtains hanging in the window. In the evening on a Friday night Little light is shining through the window Let me know everything's alright Summer breeze Makes me feel fine Blowing through the jasmine in my mind Summer breeze Paper laying on the sidewalk, a little music from the house next door. So I walk on up to the doorstep, through the screen and across the floor. Summer breeze makes me feel fine, blowing through the jasmine in my mind. Days of summer, the jasmine's in bloom. July is dressed up and playing her tune. And I come home from a hard day's work. Reach out to hold me in the evening when the day is through. Summer breeze makes me feel fine, blowing through the jasmine in my mind. Summer breeze makes me feel fine, blowing through the jasmine in my mind. 
Summer breeze makes me feel fine. <laughs> Want to sing along, Ben? No. Seals and Crofts? I do like Seals and Crofts, but I like when Seals and Crofts sing it. <laughs> if that doesn't put you in a good mood, then I don't know, see a shrink or something. It's from the Land of the Lost soundtrack. One of the most underrated comedies in my mind of all time. Like, I, I could watch that at least once a month and not get sick of it. Once a month? Yeah, you do not agree, do you? I think once a month is... <laughs> it's a lot. I don't watch it once a month, but I could. <laughs> it's so full of bangers. There's so much to love about it. Anyway, whatever. Let's talk about Jurassic Park. What are your thoughts on the franchise, Ben? Um, I think my thoughts on the franchise are pretty much the same as everyone's thoughts on the <laughs> franchise. Yeah. In that the first one, excellent. Yep. All the movies since then... Take a leave. Take a leave. Yep, it's it's a weird one because it, you know the original is obviously a standalone masterpiece. Like it could just yep. be left there and it would be quite sufficient. However, I mean Michael Crichton wrote a sequel, although he didn't finish it. I think didn't he finish it when part two was already in production, movie wise? Right. I think that's the backstory, and then Spielberg went and changed the ending. But um, it's a love hate relationship for me. Every time I revisit the sequels, I kind of have new thoughts on them, and my my order of preference changes. As yeah. to which ones are like? I mean, look, I don't think any of them are bad. Yeah, like, I know, agree. I think all of them, are, all of them are watchable. Yeah, it's just, you know, if you like, Jurassic Park is up there with like Star Wars and Indiana Jones yep. and that kind of thing. Jurassic Park Lost World, <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not there. Yeah, the, do you know the only thing I think has going for it with uh, Lost World is it maintains the same aesthetic as the first one. As the first one. So it looks like it is just an extension of part one, whereas number three comes along, it's much more comical, it's a bit more, I don't know, it just does it looks faker. I mean, I liked it because it's William H. Macy as the unlikely well, hero, but then I guess Sam Neill was also the unlikely hero yes, in the first one. Number three is actually my second favourite in the whole series. Like, yeah, right. I really enjoy number three, and the more I watch it over time, and I think I've probably seen it more than all the other sequels, I, other than Tia Leone, who I think is horrendous in it, I love the story of part three. I really like Tealiani, or at least at but in that, that, she's just that screaming era. the whole movie, and yeah. it's really annoying. But the story of part three, I think, is great, and a lot of the scenes in it, I think, they've taken from leftovers from the first one that never got right. put into the movie. Yeah, like the big Avery with the pterodactyl and all that kind of stuff. That's the only part I was like. I remember that. I mean, the part that I thought was stupid about part three was. We needed like a an apex predator bigger than the T Rex, so they just make up a dinosaur or whatever. That's where the series falls apart. Yeah. in my mind, is they keep going for bigger and better. Yeah, because um, the T Rex isn't scary enough, mine... and which they actually they literally say in the first Jurassic World movie. Yeah, where they talk, they yeah. they talk about oh no, we need we need to up the, you know, that fits in with the theme of the theme park. Right. Yeah. Same with Jurassic World, the first one of the new trilogy. Makes sense in the terms of the theme park. We want bigger, better. It's an attraction, all that kind of stuff. But by the time you get to the... In both franchises, by the time you get to the third parts of each respective franchise or trilogy, the raptors are the ones that are the hero dinosaurs, like the ones that we come to yeah. see, you know? They're the, vil- they're the cool villains from the first one, and then <laughs> yeah. they become the... Which is what always the happens. In the, in the yeah. newer ones, yeah, for yeah. sure. The new movie is so far removed from the original that it's sort of a thing unto its own. It sort of in, it goes into new genre. It's almost an espionage movie for half of the half of it. Nice. And because it's the whole illegal trade and you know and stuff. See like what that. I was hoping I was hoping it was going to be more like that. And we talked about this movie as a potential one that either of us could have done. Mm. And now I can't think of it. what's the t- Rolling Thunder. Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Echo Echoes of 
Oh, no, Sound of Thunder. Sound of Thunder. Yeah, the Peter Hyams film. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, which I thought it was going to be more like that, like the world had become overrun with dinosaurs and it was like like the last couple of Planet of the Apes yeah. movies where it's, you know, man is kind of this is, yes. this fighting is, back. Like they've kind of, you know, they've lost that war. This is what you will enjoy. This is what you'll enjoy about Dominion because in the, the first, or the opening act, they do a bit of a, it's not a recap on what's happened, but it is like a lot of news coverage from around the world of dinosaurs taking over and it's people on picnics and pterodactyls swooping to take their food instead of, you know, seagulls or whatever. Or, yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, raptors running into cars and like, and that is really interesting and it's that's kind of where I was hoping this movie would go. And then it takes you into this espionage world, which I was not that much of a fan of, but then it comes back and that's where um, DeWanda Wise comes into it and she's like a bit of a uh, Han Solo, Indiana Jones type. And then it gets really fun and interesting again and takes you right back into the original uh, plot. Right. Um, which is where, you know, the Sam Neill and, and Laura Dern come into it. Anyway, let's get straight to the interview. Um, I'm excited to present this because this was uh, an unexpectedly upbeat, fun chat I had. And I want to just put a quick word of, um, uh, what do you call it, a disclaimer, disclaimer. here. The, uh, the audio in here is not the best because I had to record this interview from the backseat of my car. <laughs> I had a different interview to do during the day in person, which you're going to hear in an upcoming show. But this one, I had to quickly run back to my car to record. So that's why it sounds the way it does. Well, we, we all know, Glenn, that heaven's in the backseat of your Cadillac. <laughs> well, I mean, if I hadn't been on webcam, it might have been. Anyway, let's um, <laughs> enjoy. The doomsday clock might be about out of time. Come back. I always come back. This isn't about us. Uh, congrats on the film. I think this is the most unique of all the installments of the franchise. Uh, yeah, and I've seen it twice now. Oh yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you're um, I bet you're sick of being asked this question, but I'm going to start with it anyway. Um, did I read correctly that you had not seen the original before you were cast in Dominion? I had not seen. <laughs> I had not seen them. Um, you know, I think uh, Bryson, Chris, they have like cool origin stories, but I definitely I don't think I was seeing many movies in theaters at that age, and if I was, it was like Fern Gully. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I, and then when I saw it as an adult, I was like, yeah, this is why Margie, my mother did not allow me to see these films because it was terrifying, you know, and this was in what, 2019. I mean, that CGI and that technology and obviously the performances really hold up. They really do. I mean, did, does that mean that you went and binged all five previous installments? I did, you know, I'm a thespian. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, I read the books. <laughs> I saw the movies. I was <laughs> like, my character is actually, you know, Sarah Harding's uh, characterization in the book is uh, Kayla was largely inspired by her can do attitude. Like, if you read, if you ever read The Lost World, she basically mm -hmm. is like such the hero of that story, you know, in the novel. And um, so much of Kayla is Sarah Harding. Yeah, absolutely. That's very true. I never looked at it that way, but you're completely right. Yeah. Um, and, and did I also read correctly that you didn't even have to audition for this one? 
I didn't. I haven't auditioned in a while. Um, but yeah, Colin is just, I mean, he's very clear. To my understanding, it was the same uh, conversation with Bryce. You know, he just knew who he wanted to be Claire. He, you know, knew who he wanted to be Kayla. Um, uh, it kind of cracks me up though, because, you know, obviously I've never starred in an action film before. So I always like the joke that he had no evidence and a lot of faith, um, but I'm <laughs> glad he could see the vision. What a great position to be in where you don't have to audition for something like this. It's Amazing. great. I mean, you know, both of them have their own benefits. When you audition, it's kind of your opportunity as an actor to go, this is my offering. This is what I will do. This is how I see the thing. When you're being offered, there's a little, there's more pressure because then there's this sense of like, well, now I got to deliver, right? Now I have to deliver mm. the promise of whatever it is that you think you saw in me. So it's it's interesting because I, I don't necessarily have a preference for either. It's, it's cute for the ego and nice for the ego to get an offer for something. But either mm. way, my work is going to be my work. Yeah, that is true. And your your character, Kayla, is very much uh, inspired by, I guess, Indiana Jones, Han Solo. Um, and you're definitely my favorite character in the film, without question. Um, long before I knew I'd be talking to you, like, I, that just off the screen straight away, like, this is an amazing character. What appealed to you about her? And can you talk a little bit about your input in bringing her to life? Uh, there was, um, you know, far more than I anticipated, especially considering it was a, a blockbuster. But she was undoubtedly on the page and... You know, one of the first conversations I had with Colin was about, uh, you know, I had a little experience with this for uh, this series I did called She's Gotta Have It and thinking about how to bring an iconic character, you know, to this century, to this era. So I, mm. I am a nerdy old school, you know, theater actor, and I know what it means to construct a character who creates impact. I know what that means superficially you know, like when, as soon as a character um, appears on screen, you know, the audience is already deducing so many things about them. Um, so yeah. everything about Kayla was super meticulous. You know, I, I working with Joanna Johnstone and constructing that outfit and deciding, you know, where the, the, the pockets of the Jafour pants went, uh, <laughs> figuring out, you know, just how things should fit, uh, deciding on her hair. There's all the kind of superficial elements where you see a woman out, you know, in, in kind of on the streets of Malta, as we are right now, um, mm -hmm. that tell you what you need to know immediately. Uh, and then, you know, in terms of my own actual actor work, just your swagger, creating that ease, making sure that I was building a body that uh, informed the audience like, oh, this woman's really capable and strong and can totally pull Owen out of this ice. <laughs> You know, um, and all those things just kind of once you construct it, you weave it in and you spend enough time like in the energy and spirit of it. Um, and the thing that was most important to me about her was how capable she was and and how it felt, you know, at least to the audience, like there was this degree of ease, you know, and for that to happen, you really do just ha kind of have to live in the skin of a character for a while yeah definitely i i found that your character she doesn't come into the film until quite far into the running time and yeah. the second that you appear on screen i was personally sort of taken into an old new genre like you really sort of introduced something fresh to what was happening but also classic yeah um 
So like, I really, really appreciate that. And obviously the women certainly do a lot of heavy lifting and, and ass kicking in this one. Yeah. Um, now that the franchise is almost 30 years old, it's sort of got a multi-generational fan base. And I wonder if, you know, thanks to people like yourself and the other women in this film, do you reckon there's more little girls that are jumping into the series now than ever before? I hope so. I mean, you know, the one thing that's always been super clear to me is that dinosaurs are universal. You know, I think dinosaurs are the answer to world peace. <laughs> I think we all, <laughs> we all love dinosaurs. Um, so I, you know, I, I just, in the same way that Ellie Sattler has really kind of uh, changed a generation and, you know, ushered in more paleontologists and paleobotanists into the field. Um, there were so many articles because you know how creepy Google is and how creepy the internet is. There were so many articles between when I was researching the role and as the movie came out about women pilots, you know, like mm. so many articles about women pilots. And in the process of thinking about Kayla and when women were permitted to uh, fly fighter jets in the United States and the US military, um, you know, I just, it really did hit me like, oh wow, this can be, you know, potentially at its best, right? Inspiring another generation um, of women to see themselves and go like, oh yeah, that's an option available to me, you know? And that's a, that's just the by virtue and nature of the last several years, you know, there have been more and more films where you, you're getting to see women essentially get their hands dirty in the action space. Yeah. And that's really exciting. I agree completely, and the the guys in this one took a back seat almost, and particularly in the the you know the final act, and and that was great. Yeah, it's really cool. We're like, just let us save you. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, were you were you into dinosaurs as a kid? Everyone was into dinosaurs as a kid. I think. <laughs> I'm like, it doesn't matter. You could have had like a year, or you could have had eight years of being really into dinosaurs. But you know, how crazy is that? You're, when you read about it as a kid, you're like, you learn about the Loch Ness monster, and no one knows if it's real or not, you know. And you're you're kind of learning about dinosaurs the same time that you're learning about mythology and Greek mythology and all these gods. So you're you have this understanding, uh, but then you're like, oh, these things are real. Like they actually these monsters were actually where I am right now. Um, mm. And I don't think you. I think part of the reason and part of the magic of Jurassic is that you never really fully recover from that. Like, even as an adult, you're like, I'm sorry, so wait, can we talk about the Brontosaurus? Like, that was actually, like a Tyrannosaurus Rex could have been right here on top of this hotel right now. It's wild. Yeah, and, and an interesting sort of um, addition to the extended cut is that Colin has put that little um, epilogue with you know, the prehistoric times. So yeah. kids love dinosaurs. We're really going to get a kick yeah. out of that. Yeah. Um, have you had a chance to mingle with the fans? How do you find them? Have you been to conventions and, and things like that? I haven't been to conventions yet. You know, this is the final stop um, on our global tour and it's been yeah. amazing. It's been amazing. I think, you know, since the very first moment they introduced Kayla physically, you know, the very first moment, the appearance of her, showed up online it's been from my experience uh a very warm welcoming excited kind fan base you know obviously i have uh, friends in the industry and i know it's not that's not always the case 
Um, and so I'm just, I just feel really thankful. I'm like, I feel really thankful that I got the nice ones. I feel really the nice one. I feel thankful that all my castmates, um, you know, essentially what they see, what you see is what you get. They're all some of the best human beings I've ever met in my life, um, which is saying a lot because it's Hollywood. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I consider myself quite, 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 quite fortunate. That's fantastic to hear. Um, before I let you run, because I know that you are busy, but um, I would love to see Kayla, you know, more of her. And although Dominion is sort of the closing chapter of the second trilogy, I hope they do another one and I hope that they bring you back. I hope so too. I appreciate that. I just, I, I feel like the more people who are putting it out into the ether, the closer it is to becoming a, a reality. So yeah, yeah I, I love mean, playing her. And I, I feel like, you know, um, as much as people latched on, there's a lot more to explore, especially in her world. So that would just be really cool. Yeah, I mean, I imagine she's seen a whole lot more of the world than what the main characters have. Yep, exactly, exactly. Awesome. Well, I'll let you run. Um, thanks so much for your time and bringing such a badass to the to the screen. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. Welcome to Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. <laughs> Chad just called James a dirty word about his <laughs> face. Now, this is a topic we've done ad nauseum on Bonehead Weekly because, as you all know, we are the definitive place to get all of your movie knowledge. And when it comes to dinosaur movie knowledge, we are the definitive folks in Eastern and Central Kentucky. Now, we did an episode, but I'm going to mention, too, that our good friend Mick Strong, production designer on Nightmare M Street, one of them, I don't know, he keeps talking about it and I don't pay any attention to him. I hope he's listening to this. <laughs> he worked someplace called New Line for a few years. He said, we didn't talk about... Roger Corman's 1993 masterpiece, Carnosaur. No, we didn't. With <laughs> Diane Lane. And he's right, we didn't. And we also didn't talk about pre-hysteria, even though we had the writer, the story writer on our show. I apologize. Yes, there are two dinosaur movies, Carnosaur and pre-hysteria. Chad. So I lied to James. I just wanted to call him a name. Uh, I do got to talk about... The, the movie that made me love dinosaurs, uh, that is 1985's Baby, Secret of the Lost Legend. Uh, it, talked about it, that one. I know. We talked about a lot of it. We pretty much talked about all the dinosaur movies in our episode, so I'm going to talk uh -uh. about this. <laughs> so Baby, Secret of the Lost Legend, 1985. Uh, it does not hold up. We do not. I, I'm, I'll probably say this. We don't have a copy here in the States, so it's hard to find. I'm sure Glenn's going to go on Good Movie Monday and say they have a tripled uh, Blu-ray box set of this movie with with deleted scenes and and special commentary. <laughs> but yeah, uh, all we, the special commentary is in and in and that chat. Yeah, but it's about these about a paleontologist and her husband. They discover a a a brontosaurus and her and her baby, and it's them trying to protect them from poachers. Uh, there is some pretty vivid scenes. There is a weird 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 sex scene in the middle of the jungle while, while sean young and william cat are going at it and the baby dinosaurs just sitting there watching them can't well, tell you learning how... about how mammals mate <laughs> and it stars the great patrick mcgoohan i butchered that name again sorry but uh yeah it's it's worth a watch if you can find a copy of it it is just weird really weird 80s movies uh but uh in terms of what made me love dinosaurs this movie is what did it james 
when we did our episode, we didn't talk about one dinosaur movie, and I kept thinking, oh, yeah, and it's not a dinosaur movie, but it's a movie that has a dinosaur scene in it. And it struck me, I was like, we probably should have mentioned it, so I'm going to mention it here. The movie itself is not about dinosaurs, but the scene where it does feature dinosaurs is pretty dang striking, because it uses Stravinsky's The Rite of Spring, a little classical music for you, and that would, of course, be Walt Disney's Fantasia. That segment tells about the history of the Earth and the scenes with the dinosaur. If you haven't seen Fantasia in a while, go back and watch it. I went back and watched it. It is really compelling to see Disney in, what, the 1930s or 40s doing dinosaurs set to classical music. It's pretty dang effective if you haven't seen it recently. Check it out. There you go. All right. This has been Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. Fantasia's not just a stripper. Well, it's a good thing that I dropped all of those movies from my shortlist because um, I wasn't going to do Baby, but there we go. They did, and Carnosaur, they covered. Good, good. Carnosaur is required viewing. Prehysteria, they covered those. And Prehysteria. Yeah, I kind of like the Prehysteria movies. They're they're cheap fun. Yeah. (laughs) Look, there's another one where I think they didn't need to go past the first one, but yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, but you know, the first one's cheap enough anyway, so you know, there's not, you know, that law of diminished returns. You don't really have that with the with the uh, Prehysteria movies because they're already shit returns. With um. How do you get any worse? Yeah, but you know, I told you before that Jim Wynorski did uh, Raptor as a spin-off. The other spin-off was called The Eden Formula. Right. Yeah, which apparently both those films used only footage from the Carnival movies for their action sequences. Well, at least one of them, you know what it is. <laughs> yeah. The other one could be anything. I know, The Eden Formula, is that like a, is that a baby formula? Yeah. What, what's that about? It's... <laughs> I'm hoping it's like a mind control drug where it makes uh, people do silly things on stage for comedians. Yeah, that's the uh, yeah. No. I was trying to think of a witty retort and I couldn't. <laughs> uh, anyway, gotta love those guys. Bonehead Weekly. It's a podcast in Kentucky. They contribute the fun size to our show every week. So go over and um, give them a listen, give them a like, follow what they do. And as a matter of fact, they beat us to the punch. They did a dinosaur episode about a month ago. I just thought we were copying them, to be honest. Yeah, no, I had no idea. I mean, our our show was formed around this interview, which yeah. was presented to us. So there you go. We and they, all... they they spend quite a lot of time just talking about Godzilla. <laughs> well, I mean, I just like the fact that we're all on the same wavelength, you know? Yeah. Yeah, anyway. So, zeitgeist, baby, zeitgeist. So I'm about to lunge into my second recommendation, but before I do, I want to know why neither of us have talked about Theodore Rex or um, Adventures in Dinosaur City. Because you hate Whoopi Goldberg and everything she stands for? <laughs> You're not far off, mate. You're not far off. <laughs> I mean, really, look... What upsets me, mm. and and I've already broached this subject on the show already, <laughs> is that it's Good Movie Monday, not Good TV Monday. Because if it was Good TV Monday, I would just be talking about Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, the greatest <laughs> cartoon show ever created based on the comic Xenozoic Tales by Mark Schultz with uh, Jack Tenorak, the uh, old world mechanic, and Hannah Dundee. It is amazing. And I always wanted to, back before I went, you know, when I had hopes and dreams and <laughs> uh, a false sense of uh, my own <laughs> abilities, I always thought that I would kind of kish, kit bash a model kit. I'd get like a dinosaur model kit and a Cadillac model kit, and I'd make my own like <laughs> diorama of Cadillacs, Cadillacs and dinosaurs. Of course, you know how far it went? I bought a hobby knife <laughs> and a pot of paint, like one, just one color of paint. Mm. That was it. 
Do you see what's happened there, mate? Like, it might be a movie show, but you still got it out there. I got it out there, and I, I'm trying to get it past the 30 seconds, because I know Letterboxd now has TV shows. Well, you're welcome. You're yeah. welcome to put it there. What about Dinobots? Do you remember that? I do remember Dinobots. Yeah. Well, I remember the Dinobots from Transformers. Yeah. 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 They had and their then, own show, I think. And the, Well, then they had Beast Wars, and oh, they yeah. had, yeah, they yeah, had yeah. all that... Uh, Good stuff. Um, that is another movie franchise they're doing. They're doing the Hasbro universe. So the G.I. Joe and the Transformers are going to incorporate some of those characters. Yeah, right. In their own movies. In their in and, the movies, yeah. live action. And they're gonna yeah, and they're gonna cross over. Because I think the um the Power Rangers movie they did recently was a, an attempt to start that off. Which did, I, I love that movie. The I new actually, Power Rangers I actually great. quite enjoyed that Power Rangers yeah, movie. Yeah. Didn't they isn't the didn't they have dinosaur the dinobots that in the Power last Rangers? Transformers movie, I, I I gave up on the Transformers movies yeah, ages um, ago. Bumblebee I enjoyed, but um, which is a prequel, and I think the future of Transformers is prequels. It's the Bumblebee sequels, yeah. whatever. Anyway, why are we talking about this? I don't know. Cadillacs right? <laughs> and dinosaurs, baby! <laughs> Congratulations, you got it on Letterbox. Yeah. But um, all right, my second uh, recommendation is an Aussie movie from two thousand and seven. It's one that is a total throwback to those Spielbergian movies of my childhood. From the 80s, and it's called My Pet Dinosaur. Have you heard of this one? It's a movie I had not heard of no. until um, I just randomly came across the, the actual DVD, um, and the cover sold it, so I, I picked it up. And it's directed by a guy called Matt Drummond, who um, made another movie before it called Dinosaur Island. And that's um, he's a, found his niche. That's a movie that uh, I think Pinnacle put out, and and sort of it didn't go far. But the second one, I think, hit the spot more in America than it did in Australia. But I want to I want to shine some light on this movie because it's it's not a great movie, but it's an ambitious one, and I kind of feel like this guy has all the hallmarks of a potential great Hollywood director. Right. So if you can imagine Super Eight crossed with um the Iron Giant, lovely. Right, that's what it is. So the story is set in America, and it's about a small town that is put into a state of lockdown by the military as they close in on uh, UFO activity. And a bunch of mates hop on their bikes, and they ride into the woods to suss it out, as kids do. And in the woods, this sounds really wrong, but in the woods, it's, it's full of gooey white stuff everywhere. And so these kids scoop up some of it into a jar and take it home, just sort of curious, because they are science geeks. And one of the kids at home, this is where a bit of gremlins comes into it, he spills his energy drink onto the white stuff. And the next morning, it spawns a tiny little dinosaur. Right? right. But it's an alien. But it's, it's like a the, sea monkey. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of, they reference that, right? And, and it looks like a sea monkey at first. And then the next day it grows. And then the next day it grows. And it turns into an actual full life dinosaur. Right. Only it's an alien dinosaur. So it, it looks like a, a fun loving sort of, you know, cartoony dinosaur the cgi is really good by the way but it's got kind of distinguished features that make it alien so like it's got a purple speck here and there and it sort of glows a bit and anyway it's a lot of fun and what really annoyed me about this movie is if you look at all the australian marketing of this one aussie posters there's a three of them i think they're fantastic one of them's got the military on it the other one's um got the dinosaur sitting in a doorway but then you go to america and they've made it look like Barney. Like it is a really, like they've made it look like a real kitty kind of movie, which... Like Death to Smoochie kind of thing. It makes, yeah, it makes me wonder why this film did well in America with really dumbed down poster designs. In Australia, it didn't really resonate with really great poster designs. Why didn't one of us do the Barney movie? Oh, that would have be been a good one. That would have been a good one. <laughs> we should have we both had Maccas before this with the Grimace. You know, he's, the Grimace. Is he a dinosaur? Or is he a something. Something. Yeah. 
Mr. Blobby? Is he based off Mr. Blobby, that Noel's house party uh, (laughs) sidekick? So, look, the you know, like I said, I was strapped to find movies worth talking about, but I remember this one really impressing me at the time, and I thought, no one's heard of it. Go look it up, and I'm sure it's out there on a streaming service or even maybe YouTube. But yeah, Matt Drummond, like he's he's got a brand new movie in production right now. For the life of me, can't remember what it is, but um, it's once again it's very dino orientated. And if he went from Dinosaur Island to My Pet Dinosaur and and that leap was quite impressive, I'm excited to see what he does next. Good Movie Monday is made possible with the support of people like Eudorium. Eudorium is a streaming platform for rare and obscure movies and it's absolutely free. They also have a catalogue full of kids' flicks, classic movies, foreign cinema and more. Visit Eudorium.com today to see what it's all about. We're all this way into the show, and yet there's no mention of Cameron Dado's pterodactyl or Poseidon Rex. Well, I like to make it a rule never to talk uh, Cameron Dado before a good <laughs> night's sleep. <laughs> they were both directed by Mark Lester. Right. Mark L. Lester. Mark L. Lester, to be, to be exact. <laughs> yes. But we, mm. let's not talk about them too long, because we don't want those on Letterboxd. No. Uh, what do you got next? It's your turn. Uh, well, look, I'm going to talk about a film that I only discovered this week. That uh, I'm very excited. The plot line <laughs> is like something is like manna from heaven. Ooh. It's the film is called Anonymous Rex. It's based on a book of the same name, uh, and this was like a, it was produced as what they like they call a backdoor pilot. Right. So it was the the idea was to turn it into a TV show. It just never got it just never got picked up. So they ended up just releasing it as a film. It was mm. done for Fox, but the Sci Fi Channel picked it up. It's directed by this guy, uh, Julian Gerald, who directly after this mm. made a film that I really like, Kinky Boots. Oh, yeah. Like, this guy has a, he's, he's actually got a pretty good um, filmography. So, after, like, he did a lot of, you know, UK TV and stuff yep. before he seems to have come over to the US and he did Becoming Jane. Do you yep. remember that? Was I a do. great one. Uh, the girl, which was a, that was, a, I think that was with um, Dominic Swain, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. If it's that one, these I are respectable movies. Uh, but a royal night out, yeah. And now he's doing the Crown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, What's his so name? Julian Gerald, which I like to think of as, um, well, you know, the guy um, Eddie Murphy's character in uh, <laughs> the Golden, the Golden Child. Yeah. He's like Gerald. I think his name is Gerald. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if that's his first name or last name. Uh, in that film, but that's who I kind of always like. Well, I mean, to. from Anonymous Rex to, is that, that what it was called? It's called Anonymous Rex, yeah. To A Royal to, Night Out and... And A Kinky Boots and Becoming yeah. Jane, yeah. Well, I mean, like, if you look at his earlier career, because he did a lot of that BBC yeah. period costume dramas and stuff like that, maybe that's why they thought uh, this movie would be appropriate, because the film, the film stars uh, Sam Trammell and Daniel Baldwin, and it's set in a world where rather than become extinct... Uh, by the meteor mm-hmm. event that supposedly killed all the dinosaurs, the dinosaurs have evolved and adapted, uh, and now disguise themselves as humans. <laughs> they now ha- they have holographic devices now, but they used to have like rubber suits and all sorts of things. And all every time, the, in, you know, as this movie kind of shows, like dragons and all that sort of stuff in mythology, that's actually they're actually dinosaurs yeah, right. that have um, come to light. But they live, they're hidden. So there's one in ten thousand people is actually a dinosaur. What a great concept! And, uh, yeah, and they're like they're living amongst it, and it's a secret. Any human that finds out 
that the dinosaurs exist is immediately executed. Uh, and they've they've evolved. They don't eat meat anymore. And they get high on herbs. <laughs> like they, herbs are like their alcohol and wow, stuff. It's, it reminds me of a bit of Men in Black and a little bit of, I don't know, what else have we got there? It's like V. Yeah. But kind of... And they live. And, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. And so, so Sam Trammell is a... Is a and, <laughs> Daniel Baldwin is a they're private detectives. They're dinosaur private detectives. Sam Tremel's a Velociraptor, and Daniel Baldwin's a, trice, a Triceratops, which I think is like remarkable casting. <laughs> uh, and they they discover there's this um, cult, this dinosaur cult, where um, they the the members of this cult want to be free from hiding. They don't want to hide anymore. They yep. want to they want to uh, regress. They want to come out of the dino closet. Yeah, they want to go back to eating meat and stuff like that, and they and they find there's this, there's a there's a gas that um, when combined, I think, with eating meat, the the dinosaurs become mm-hmm. gone like a rampage, and so this this there's a plot to release a a um, like a bomb of this gas, which would be completely harmless to humans. Yeah. At this at a big televised but event, unleash the dinosaurs and unleash all the dinosaurs, and it would go insane and start feeding on all the people. Yeah. They'd be revealed. And uh, amazing, you know, where's this movie been my whole life? Yeah, it's the kind of movie I should be across, and I haven't been. Yeah, I'm shocked that I'd never heard of it. It it was, it was actually pretty enjoyable. There's good, there's a lot of kind of, you know, yeah, race kind of relation issues in this between (laughs) the humans and the dinos. So it's kind of that, that's like that, that um, social commentary, like alien nation type of, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, <laughs> and um, shockingly, Isaac Hayes and Faye Dunaway pop up in it. What? Uh, which is great. <laughs> like there's a yeah, it is it is available on um, I believe it's on on you can rent it on Amazon Prime. Wicked. It's definitely worth the four ninety nine. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Awesome. That's about it. We ain't got time for more. We've we've hit the end of the show. There's time for lots more, but I, I think we've exhausted we've the dinosaur yeah. talk. So <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna lay out the outro on me, are you? No, I won't do that. This is time to wrap up, though. Ne- let us never do dinosaurs again. Never. No, we wouldn't be able to. We've covered them all. I think we've spoken about all the movies. <laughs> we just do a carnosaur specific episode. Unless we do a TV specific episode, and we can do you know, the Flintstones and dinosaurs and you know whatever else. Let's do that. Cadillacs and dinosaurs v. V and we can sing. Let's v. do the dinosaur on that that show. We can do that. Yeah, yeah. we can both get a bit of a boom, like a like a like a boom going on. Yeah, <laughs> I'm down for that. Excellent. Hey, uh, I want to give a massive shout out to Dewanda Wise for giving up her time for that interview because what you don't know is that she took out took time out of her regular press junket for that one um, because you know it just didn't align with. As I said, I had another interview, so she yeah she made time for us. So really appreciate that. Well, she's a big fan of Australia. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, she loves her Australian fans. And loves the country. In turn, thank you to Universal Pictures for arranging that. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion is out this week on um, all the formats: Blu-ray, you know, 4K, and uh, DVD. Grab that extended copy and let us know what you think. Um, so our push for global domination, Ben, continues on social media. Uh, it's possibly the the worst push for global domination that you can imagine. Domination, domination. But it's not for lack of trying. So help us out. <laughs> Hit us up on Facebook, particularly. Um, we're also on YouTube. We're on Instagram, and like I said, TikTok, Letterbox, and what's the other one? Yeah, the website, GoodMovieMonday.com. dot com. Uh, thank you to all of our supporters, uh, the Teamsters. Uh, you can. I'm not going to go through them this time. You can just find their pages. Go to GoodMovieMonday.com dot com, and there's a link to all of them. So. Um, anything you want to add before we sign off, Ben? 
No. Oh, but you came in with such like gusto. Yeah. You don't want to go out with gusto? No, I'm usually asleep by the, the by the outro because <laughs> we record yeah. late at night. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that it's ready for, for six o'clock in the morning on Monday. <laughs> and uh, I, it's all I can do to keep my eyes open. Well, um, exciting one next week. We've got Melzy back at the desk. So really looking forward to that. It's been over a month since we had our It's on. been a while. Um, and we're going to be talking about Hitchcockian movies, and that is to say, movies that are not actually Hitchcock, but owe him a debt of gratitude. Oh, this is interesting. Yes, so uh, can't wait to do that. Um, we're going to sign off with another song, because I'm lazy. Uh, for, that's not the name of the song, by the way, but the, <laughs> it's from the lost, Land of the Lost soundtrack. Um, I, want, I just want to celebrate by Rare Earth. You know, and maybe one day I'll be able to get everything out without twisting my tongue. This is a great song. Maybe if you'd done the outro... We'd be all right. Yeah. <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. And don't forget, join us on social media. I'm just going to do Hitchcock films. <laughs> just leaving it, just putting it out there.
Ah! <laughs> 